Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests this season, and we've also had some amazing guests that have been a part of this series, so go check those episodes out too. All right, for today's episode, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Duran Lowe. Duran is a defensive back who finished his college football career playing for Liberty University. Prior to playing for the Flames, Duran played for the University of Texas at El Paso, UTEP, where he was a two-time All-Conference USA Honorable Mention Selection. And prior to UTEP, he played at Butler Community College. We will talk about his college football career and more during today's episode. Duran, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing great, and I'm excited to chat with you today. One of the things that I especially like about you, and you know this, is that we both are 29 babies. And we rock the 29 jersey pretty well. And I'm going to ask you more about, tell our listeners, what is the significance of that jersey number to you? Uh, Why do you wear it? What's the most important reason for you? Honestly, I did start off with number 20. And Jalen Ramsey, he was some idol that I grew up just watching uh, throughout his career. And the reason I chose 29, actually, is because of uh, Andre Maloney. He was a former player in the city, uh, Shawnee, Kansas. he played for Shawnee Mission West, and he was a great player. He was going to go to the league. He committed to Kansas University, and tragically, he ended up passing away on the football field his senior year, I would say 2015, 2016. He was like two years older than me, and I mean, just watching him play, he was an electric guy. He was definitely an NFL prospect for sure, and I mean, I got to Liberty before, and then I got to UTEP. I mean, I just kind of was like, hey, Tony Nodge, I want to remember his name and just work, rock his number, just show the world and show the city that he's not forgotten and he will not be forgetting. So that's really why I wore 29. And I think that's an awesome reason, as I've told you before. And where I want to move our conversation is just running things way, way back. You mentioned that you're from Kansas. When was the first time that you suited up or picked up a football? And what about the game made you fall in love with it? I picked up football my fourth grade year. I picked it up just because I was like really fast as a kid. And I mean, my parents saw my ability. I've always kind of been like a little bigger than my size, kind of. So I just... Ended up playing football my fourth grade year. Started off at Children's. We practiced there on that little grass field. So I was just like, hey, I'm going to pick up a football, see where that takes me. And honestly, it took me pretty far because my first game, I actually had like six touchdowns. So and my first like <laughs> carry was a touchdown. So 
I mean, after that, it kind of all just fantasized itself. <laughs> and is there something about the game that really excites you? It's fun. Uh, you really can't go wrong with playing football. I would just say me just being able to run as fast as I can and hunt the ball and just score as many touchdowns as I can. So, I mean, that's all pretty fun. It is fun. And I think there are so many lessons that football can teach people about life and how to navigate it successfully. And my audience knows that in my book, Move the Ball, which is what started this whole movement, I wrote a lot about those lessons that I picked up as a kid being a student of the game since I was four. And some of those things that I wrote about are recognizing the blitz, being aware of the blind side, focusing on getting the next first down. So things specific to football. So when you look at football, what it has taught you outside of the obvious things like hard work, dedication, discipline. What are some of the things that you've taken away from the game that you think will help you no matter where you go in life? Just growing up, just trying to be a better man. Uh, I don't have any kids, so I can't say better parenting. But I mean, as far as me being around different coaches, they've taught me just a whole bunch of knowledge and right thing, wrong things to do. How to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. That's probably why I say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, like a lot. And a lot of people were like, oh, like, why do you always say that? Honestly, I learned that from uh, my high school coach, Randy Dryland. We were having a conversation that first, and I was just like, yes, yes. And he was like, oh, you, you shouldn't inspire me. That is like <laughs> your demeanor and just your first expression of how you come. So I always would say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. So it's just little things. Gotcha. I mean, I think that's important. You're conducting yourself as a professional, right, yes. which is very important. So when you look at the cornerback, the defensive back, position what skills do you think are necessary to play this position well and secondly what makes you elite at it you definitely have to have a short mindset you gotta be able to run from field to field left to right i would say my ability is i have i'm very versatile i can hit i can run fast i could i'll know what you're doing before the play is coming just because of just film like film does it all film's a cheat code for everybody that don't know so as long as you're watching film and perfecting your craft and knowing what you want to do to be great, then, I mean, there's nothing that can stop you because everything is there for you. And I mentioned when I introduced you that you started playing at Butler Community College. How was your experience at a JUCO like and what things do you feel you were doing right at that level to then get picked up and continue playing college football? Just staying locked in, staying focused and hungry. Out of high school, uh, my intentions were not to go Juco right out of high school. I was going to go to a few different other places, but that didn't happen. So I ended up going to Butler Community College for my two years, making a name for myself there. I had watched Octavius Morgan. He he was a former Texas Tech player. He also went to Butler Community College, had the same position. I was just transferred from a running back to DB once I got to college. So, I mean, my experience at DB wasn't very like high. Until I got to Butler Community College and my coach, Coach Sanders, Coach Abbott, they all just put more knowledge on me to the game at DB than I had learned in high school. And let's talk about you starting off at UTEP. What was your experience like transferring or moving on from community college to a four-year school and playing football there? It was everyone's dream to go D1. UTEP wasn't my first choice out of Butler. I was actually committed to Texas Tech out of Butler. Didn't get in there because of uh, just some academic problems. So, I mean, it was all God's choice. He actually put me at UTEP for my two years. So everything worked out. I wouldn't say I didn't have a bad experience at UTEP. I actually had pretty fun there. It was just some things that didn't go as planned. So 
which made me transfer in my last year. Gotcha. And you played at UTEP for the 2019 and 2020 seasons. You started in 11 of 12 games in the secondary as a minor in 2019, finishing that year with 25 tackles, six pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Also leading the team with 11 kickoff returns for 281 yards. And you also had a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Tell us about what that kickoff return was like. How did you feel after that? Oh, yeah, I was definitely in my bag that game. My coaches were just like, hey, you just got to trust yourself. Now I'm always going to trust myself 100% of the time. So, I mean, he kicked that in the end zone. And I was just like, I just, I got to go. And I actually heard my mom was like, go, son, from the sideline. I don't know if you could hear the sound, but I just sent it to you after this. But she's like, go, son. And I heard her and I just took off. I didn't even get touched. So that was a memorable highlight that I will never forget. Nice. And what were you doing to ensure that you would perform well that year? Like, what were some of the habits that you would put into practice? How did you stay locked in? I was going to work out every day. If I don't work out, then I won't even feel right about myself. There's something that I have to do to get my body flowing, get my blood flowing. So in the summer, I would go to do work. It's like my uncle's gym. We have a group of kids uh, that will go in there around 12 o'clock. Actually, I'll be there today. We're just humble and and hungry for just the, you know, names out there. You don't really hear many Kansas kids except for like Isaiah Simmons, which is my best friend, Jerome McPherson, Story Jackson. So there's several of us that, that you'll be hearing here soon. Nice. And I believe, and so many people talk about how there are a lot of parallels between football and life. And throughout whatever we do in our lives, there's always going to be obstacles that we have to overcome. Can you share an obstacle or an example of an obstacle that you've had to overcome and lessons that you've learned from being a competitive athlete that have helped you to tackle that situation and to move the ball, as I like to say? Just fear, lack of clarity. Just like like I said, me transferring to Liberty, I had no idea that I would end up being there. I didn't know anyone on the East Coast side. I really didn't know Coach Hunley that well, although we were from the same city. Just different expectations. I didn't know what to expect. Me transferring, me entering the transfer portal because, you know, transfer portals, there's probably like thousands of kids in there now. So you never know what can happen next. So I just have to come over. Just fear, really. Just took day by day. And I just knew I had a goal to achieve that I wanted to achieve and overcome. So I just have to put everything in God's hand and let him take care of it. And you mentioned transferring to Liberty this past season. How have you grown and matured as a player, but also a man in your final season of college football? I learned a lot just from, from Coach Freeze, Coach Hundley, everybody in the league. Just, you got to stay humble. It's not really a difference from transferring to school. It's just how you go on about yourself as a man. How do you want to learn from somebody? That's what I did. I just sit back, watch, and learn from shooting the league. I know he... He had different obstacles from coming from Auburn and people just down out on him. And I was just like, nah, like I'm going to continue to stay humble and, and work. So just the words uh, Coach Freeze gave us really encouraged me to do better. Can you share what some of those words might be? <laughs> yeah, a lot of words. Just staying humble, uh, persistent, just taking day by day. Honestly. And as you look back on your last year of playing college football, what was your most memorable moment or most memorable game? Uh, I would say each game was memorable, though we didn't go undefeated. Each game was memorable. I would say the Ole Miss game, Syracuse game, North Texas game, Middle Tennessee, 
I can say all 13 games, actually, especially our bowl game, it was really fun because it was a whole bunch of chitter chat <laughs> before the game. And we pretty much just went out and dominated and just celebrated with our team. Right. Yeah, that was the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It was on December 18th of 2021 yep and you guys ended up beating eastern michigan 56 to 20 so definitely a great win yes so the time has come and you've hung up your college cleats and it's time to prepare for the nfl draft as they say mental toughness is a huge part of playing at the next level and also just in preparation for pro day what were some of the things that you were doing to ensure that you stayed mentally locked in over the past couple months as you got ready for your pro day i worked out with big city uh, in california with jp Les Spellman, they're a great group of guys. They kept me mentally strong and just kept telling me everything would be okay. I know everything's not easy, especially training for two months, three months, pretty much doing the same stuff every day, every day, trying to be perfect at what you do. And I mean, they just kind of kept me in the right state of mind, uh, just telling me things would be okay, just taking day by day. Don't overstress anything because, I mean, God has a plan for everybody. He definitely had a plan for me, uh, especially for my pro day, me running speed that I, I ran time that I, I did. So, I mean, I just kind of take day by day as I do now and just stay humble. Love it. And you mentioned Les. Les is awesome. I got to see Les uh, at the Combine a couple months ago. He's, he definitely knows what he's doing. And so a big shout out to him. You mentioned at your pro day, you ran you ran pretty fast, 439, official 40 time, had a 35-inch vertical. 10 feet, one inch broad jump. How was that experience? How did that feel performing so well on Pro Day? It felt great, especially the numerous amount of coaches that were out there. I think there was about 100 plus coaches and head coaches, GAs out there. So I put on a show for myself and I pretty much represented myself in Speed City. And I mean, I just, like I said, I took day by day and I was really locked in and really wasn't that nervous because at the end of the day, it was just another workout that I did continuously every day and each day. So they prepared me for Pro Day the right way, for sure. Well, you did an awesome job. So nice job showing out on Pro Day. So on the show, we discuss business and branding too. And you have some merchandise available that, of course, has the number 29 on it. But you also have the term Clamp Boys on some of that merch. What is the significance of that term to you and your brand? Clamp Boys, it was a name that me and my guys came up with during the previous season. We clamping pretty much every place. So we just called Clamp Boys and on the back of it it said, I ball, you ball, we ball. So that's what I was saying that we also go by that I uh, will actually have updated on my brand on my website called Deuce9Shop.com. So if you guys want to go purchase some gear, it's in my bio. Perfect. And we will have that in the show notes as well. So people can check that out. And I like that saying. So thanks for sharing that. Now, Duran, if a team were to ask you, why should I pick you over someone else? What would you say? I'm, I'm great. I'm known to be one of the greatest. I'm coachable, humble, and I get things done the right way. I mean, there's no complaining about it. I might not like some things at this age, but I'm going to get it done because at the end of the day, this is a business. So, I mean, whatever my boss tells me to do, I'm going to have to do it the right way without no argument. So. I like it. Great answer. What I want to do now is I want to run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. First question is, outside of football, what do you like to do? Chill with my family and my niece. Uh, she likes ice cream a lot. So we'll go eat ice cream or I'll just go work out for about three hours and just chill, watch TV. 
So we're in season three of the show. In a prior season, as part of this two-minute drill, I used to ask people, what's their favorite ice cream flavor? So since you bring up ice cream, I'm going to ask you, what's your favorite flavor? Cookies and cream, by far. That's a good choice. (laughs) Cookies and cream, for sure. Next question is, what is one thing most people don't know about you? I'm not as much of a game head as everybody else is. Yeah, that's one. That's pretty much it. Okay. (laughs) Nothing too spicy. (laughs) What three words would you use to describe yourself? Humble, persistent, and coachable. Three great words. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that song be? Probably Freak Block Tales by D-Walk, The Biggest Six. (laughs) Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've been given by a coach? Take day by day. Don't overthink things and uh, just leave it in God's hands. Great piece of advice. Now I'm going to flip it and ask you, what's the best piece of advice you would give someone? Don't overthink. Like I say, I always tell people I take day by day. I also have this wristband on my wrist right now. It's called Humble Over Hype. I just don't believe in the hype stuff and just remain humble. I like it. Now, my next question is, you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you pick and why? Kevin Hart, because you, you also, you need to laugh at every dinner. Rick Ross, just because he's motivational. I read his book. also watch some of his YouTube motivational uh, thinking as far as like investments and things. And I would say Meat Mill, because that's my one of my favorite artists. He, he keeps me going. He keeps my flow going. So Kevin Hart, Rick Ross, and Meat Mill. <laughs> Three great choices. Next question is, do you sing in the shower? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll sing some waves, some wild waves in the shower here and there. You know, some dirt, a little dirt. <laughs> okay. And as we look to close the show, Duran, let people know, where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? Uh, my Instagram name is SavageBoost9. Twitter is Duran underscore low underscore one. Uh, those are the two main social medias that I use. So that's it. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have those as well as your website for your merchandise store in the show notes so people can check you out and follow you on your journey. Duran, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. And I wish you much success in this next chapter. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you liked it and you haven't yet subscribed, hit that subscribe button today and also share the episode with a friend or two or three. That's one way that you can help me to move the ball. All right, everyone, again, appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.